Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Asset Allocation Report for April 4th, 2022. Investors looking for suitable investments in emerging markets might want to consider Latin America. I'm Phil Adler. Our guest today is Confluence Investment Management Market Strategist Patrick Fearon Hernandez. Patrick, this dates me a little or maybe a lot, but I remember when South American economies like Brazil were a very hot investment destination. When did that change and how long has the underperformance lasted? First of all, thanks for having me on the program. And to answer your question, you're right. Latin American stocks were indeed hot in the past. Specifically, they were really roaring in the first years of this century up until about mid-2008. Like many asset classes, they then dropped sharply during the great financial crisis. They did rebound modestly for a few years after that crisis, but then they were basically flat for the entire decade ending in 2020. Now, how might the Ukraine war help broaden the appeal of these markets? It really boils down to two different things. First, and, and most basically, our detailed modeling shows that Latin American stock markets tend to have a strong positive correlation with global prices for crude oil and other commodities. That helps explain why they did so well in the first decade of the century. At the time, China's economic boom was pushing up prices for all kinds of commodities and boosting those countries' exports. Now, with the Ukraine war crimping supplies and helping boost global commodity prices again, the Latin American stock markets are benefiting once again. A second factor that's probably helping is simply the fact that the Latin American economies are less tied to either Europe or China. Geopolitically, they're probably perceived as being oriented primarily to the U.S. or at least having more room to maneuver in terms of global trade trends. As we've written before, we think the war will help break the global economy into blocks, one of which will probably be be led by the U.S. US. We suspect that Latin American markets are being seen not only as well-positioned to take advantage of higher commodity prices, but also reasonably well-insulated from any trade ruptures with Europe and the Asia-Pacific region. Have these Latin American economies already begun to perform better? Yes, uh, the key Latin American stock markets have outperformed since late last year when pandemic-related stimulus and supply disruptions really started to boost commodity inflation. At this recording, almost three months into 2022, the total year-to-date return on the MSCI Emerging Market Latin America Index has been about 23%, and some of the key Latin American markets have returned roughly 30 to 40 percent. In contrast, the total return on the U.S.'s S&P 500 has been roughly a 4 percent decline, and the return on the broad MSCI Emerging Markets Index has been about a 7 percent decline. Even if we look at just the last month or so since the start of the war, the key Latin American markets are still outperforming. Which countries are showing the most life? The real outperformers have been Brazil, where the total return year-to-date has been almost 40%, and Peru, where the total return has been almost 30%. Patrick, I'm struck by the fact that some Latin American economies are rebounding even when their governments appear to be shifting to the left. Now, I was taught that this doesn't happen. How can we account for this? 
Well, that's actually one of the most notable aspects of the current Latin American boom. As you mentioned, all the key Latin American countries are facing elections or other political events in which economic policy is at risk of turning leftward toward greater government regulation, increased taxation, higher spending, and bigger fiscal deficits. And yet, the stock markets are still booming. We take that as further evidence of just how strong Strongly, these markets are linked to global commodity prices and the evolving U.S.-led geopolitical bloc. Those linkages are evidently enough to overcome investor concerns about a leftward shift in policy, at least for the time being. Why do you think this resurgence in Latin American markets might continue? The main reason is that the fundamentals for commodity prices look like they'll stay strong for the foreseeable future. It's true that monetary and fiscal policies are now being tightened in many countries, which should help reduce demand, but the Russia-Ukraine war is creating severe new supply disruptions in commodities ranging from oil and natural gas to wheat and fertilizers. On top of that, drought is discouraging crop planting in some countries countries, while labor and supply shortages are preventing mineral exploration. The supply disruptions are therefore prompting hoarding behavior, from companies boosting their raw material inventories to countries imposing export bans on key commodities. This kind of hoarding can spark persistent upward spirals in prices. Finally, in the longer term, the Western countries' financial sanctions on Russia are likely to prompt some countries to shift their foreign reserve strategies from buying Western currencies to the purchase of physical commodities. So for now, we think both commodity prices and Latin American stocks have room to rise further. What could go wrong? The biggest risk to our thesis is a sudden, prolonged drop in commodity prices back to the levels that we saw over most of the last decade. Such a scenario would likely arise if there were a global recession sparked by high inflation or tighter policy, or if the Russia-Ukraine war suddenly ended and a stable peace was achieved. Such a scenario could eventually bring commodity prices down again, dragging Latin American stocks with them. Patrick, you singled out Brazil and Peru as the most attractive investments. And in your written report, you also mentioned Chile and Colombia. Why don't you include Mexico, our neighbor, which is a big oil producer? Well, for one thing, the Mexican stock market simply hasn't kept up with its South American peers over the last few months. It's done better than the broad emerging markets index, but not by much. We suspect that a, a key reason for that is that the leftist Mexican president has been in office for several years, and investors have seen plenty of instances where he's been unfriendly to private investors. As I mentioned, the political trends are also moving leftward in South America, but as of right now, they're still just trends, and prospects for the future don't necessarily ensure that the things are going to go badly. Investors can still hold out hope that the South American policies won't turn out that bad, so that probably allows for stock prices to do better in South America. The reliance of the world on Ukraine and Russia for fertilizer is something many are worried about getting a lot of attention. Can South American economies help fill the gap? 
Well, that seems unlikely. Data from the UN's International Trade Center shows that the South American countries simply aren't big players in producing or exporting fertilizers. Chile is the biggest producer of fertilizer exports in South America, but its foreign sales in 2020 amounted to less than 1% of total global fertilizer exports. For comparison, Russia accounted for more than 10% of global fertilizer exports in that year. Well, Patrick, if I'm if I'm looking to increase my weighting of Latin America within my foreign market investment space, what's your advice? Well, fortunately, there are lots of ways to do that. For example, there are several exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, that track broad Latin American indexes. There are also multiple ETFs tracking individual countries' stock indexes, including Brazil, Chile, Peru, and Colombia. There are also some Latin American companies that trade here in the U.S. via depository receipts, although the selection available for commodity-producing firms isn't as broad as I'd like to see. Should I be wary of broad emerging market ETFs, which might include China or Eastern Bloc countries and countries within Russia's sphere of influence? Yes, and that's a really good point. As we've written many times before, the geopolitical tensions between the U.S. and China mean there's a lot of regulatory risks for Chinese investments. Not only is the Chinese government increasing its regulation over its domestic firms, but both the U.S. and China are clamping down on capital flows between the two countries. The U.S. is even taking steps that essentially outlaw investing in some Chinese companies. Take together, those trends have weighed heavily on Chinese stocks over the last year. Looking forward, the war and the sanctions on Russia have already pushed down its stocks sharply, and those countries tied to China and or Russia will probably suffer as well. If you're looking for international or emerging markets exposure right now, that's an added reason to focus really only on Latin America. Thank you, Patrick. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.